the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. This week on Off the Record, we'll be investigating the HAHA, the AHA School for Arts annual fundraiser. The HAHA turns AHA's new Silverjack building into a lush pocket of interactive art, a space teeming with sights, sounds, and sensations for guests to enjoy. Starting off, we have the privilege of speaking to the HAHA's curators, Kristen Marcos and Chris Kwasniewski, as well as Mallory Clark and Otis Kriegel. I'm Grace Richards, Kodo's intern. Thanks so much for joining us. Later, we'll bring in a few more contributing artists to discuss their work. So tonight, we're talking to these four artists, Molly Snyder, Otis Kriegel, Alex Ferrari, and Brandon Burkle. I want to ask you guys, as the curators and marketing director of this event, how did you select these artists? Ooh, okay, I'll take it. Hi. Hey. Hi, Kodo. Um, we always feel really lucky when artists say yes to the haha. Ha. This is only our second year, um, but we knew after the first year that one of the things that was most important to us was having artists who um, focus on interactive um, and participatory art. And so for this year, all of the artists that we sought out really work in ways that um, engage with the public. And so we just started doing some research and we found some fabulous local artists who are participating like Brandon Burkle and Alex Ferrari and then we also have um, a handful of amazing visiting artists all of whom have work that is really experiential and interactive including Otis. The dream wish list is long for artists so we just start from the top and ask people <laughs> and miraculously they say yes. <laughs> so. So what qualities are you looking for in these artists that are making public art and interactive art? What sticks out to you that you're like, I need this in, in the haha? Well, especially when we're working with local artists, I think pushing our local artist community to flex those interactive experiential muscles is super important. I think a lot of people know Brandon Burkle's collage work. He is collaborating with the fabulous artist Alex Ferrari, and they're working on a much larger scale than their collages have been before. And, you know, I think it also is this layer of engaging with artists on a national level who are typically working in that interactive, immersive realm as well. Absolutely. Um, so much of the haha ha celebrates the fact that art can be fun and accessible to everyone. And so one of the things that we look for when we're inviting visiting artists and that we encourage our local artists to do is to create um, installations that really are like not only awe-inspiring, but like giggle-inspiring and make people excited and interested and feel like they are welcome in this world of art. Also, so much, so many people say, like, you know, I'm not an artist, I'm not creative, and I think the haha -ha is really that, like, entry point of feeling creative and feeling like an artist, mm -hmm. because it's not your typical paintbrush and paint set. Yeah. So, you say giggle-inspiring. <laughs> Does that mean I can bring my kids to the haha? -ha? You can. Um, good Good job, greats. <laughs> uh, on Sunday, uh, we have the little giggles. And because so much of AHA is engaging kids in kids' classes, as well as adult classes, um, we, uh, we set aside Sunday from 10 to 2 just for kids and their parents. So we invite all parents and kiddos to sign up to pick a slot and come through and experience. Speaking of kids, we actually have an incredible kiddo installation piece this year. Um, we were lucky enough to collaborate with Telluride Academy on an art installation camp. So you'll find that in the hallways of AHA. Oh it's my so God, cool. that is so exciting. And how old were these kids that, that created this installation? They were eight to 12 years old. Oh, wow. 
It's going to be awesome. It takes up a whole room. It's like a portal into another room. I can't wait. I can't wait to enter the portal. Oh my goodness. So without ruining any surprises, what do you want the average haha attendee to take away from this experience? We want that person, those people to enter into our space and have the rest of the world completely melt away and have a, just an overwhelming feeling of joy, wonderment, imagination, and leave the building feeling so inspired um, by all of these art pieces and artists. And that's really what AHA tries to do every day is just create joy from art. And now we get to do it on such a huge scale for so many people to enjoy at one time. Wow, I am so excited to go to this. Like, y'all are pumping me up even more. Thank you so much for listening. Kodo listeners, we're tuned in to Off the Record. That was Kristen Marcos, Mallory Clark, and Chris Kwasniewski, as well as Otis Kriegel, who we will be talking with in a few minutes about his art. Coming up, we have some music, and then we'll bring in our next guests. This is your chance to chime in. If you have any questions, give us a call at 970-7283. Music is a world within itself. The language we all understand With an equal opportunity For all to sing, dance, and clap their hands But just because a record has a groove Don't make it in the groove But you can tell right away in When the people start to move OTO's off the record about the AHA School for the Arts annual fundraiser, the HAHA. In the studio now, we are talking to Otis Kriegel, co-founder of the Illegal Art Collective and a contributor to the HAHA. Otis, thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to be here. 
So can you give listeners an overview of kind of your process when creating this work for the HaHa? Sure. So um, just to give a little background, so Illegal Art, we were founded in 2001. It's myself and Michael McDevitt. And we create conceptual projects that are all based on participation. So, and they're meant to really, our mission is to encourage self-reflection, thought, and human connection. And so even though we may take a project and do it in, 10 different places from Beijing to Mexico City to Providence to Telluride what happens when we do that project and install it in different communities is totally different and so the projects we're doing here with the AHA are projects that have been done in other communities but have never been done here and so I'm really excited to be here and bring these projects here and see how the community responds and and see what I learn and how the projects will change. Did you have to alter kind of the structure of these projects to fit the space or? You know, it's interesting when when we spoke, I guess the first time we talked about, you know, a lot of the artists are using a studio and we don't really work in studios we work on the street we work in public or in larger spaces and so we look to try to activate different parts of the building and so we have to modify size um we modified one in terms of um what we titled it um on the sunday kids event which is also for adults as well um but we'll we'll tweak them depending on the location and the community needs and then a lot of times we're doing one live performance that I'll do tomorrow. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, go for it. So um, yeah. we're doing a project called Wash Away Your Fears. And so we ask people to write their fear down on the sidewalk. And then they can take a bucket of water and wash it away. And then take a broom and wash it away. I don't know if anyone else is going to ask you to do that <laughs> anywhere on the planet. But I will be doing that tomorrow. I think at 1130 at the Farmer's Market in Mountain Village. Is We're going right? to be oh up my God, in, I gotta be there. in yeah. Mountain Village Market on the Plaza tomorrow afternoon. 1130 to about 1230 or 1. Um, so come up and meet Otis and check it out. And get that cathartic experience of washing away your fear yeah so that's that's a project that will be more performative that depends on the space who we're working with and that because it's a performance I have to modify and shift depending on who I'm working with which is the fun of it it's kind of like knowing the path you're going on but not really knowing where you'll end up and that's the joy of working with the public and doing participatory based public art so can you sort of define for listeners and for me what public art is how is it different from performance art say no that's a great question so i mean i can talk about what we do really so we define it as participatory based public art so instead of being a mural which i think are extremely important um all our projects we don't consider them complete unless there's some sort of human interaction so there's a there is a wall piece we have that'll be on the outside of the building but it can't just sit there and be empty without some sort of evidence of public participation. And so that's where kind of we, that's, that's sort of our, our genre of where we sit. Um, and there's been a lot of artists before us, obviously, who've done this type of work, and we've been inspired by them and hopefully inspire the next generation. Um, but we really need the public to be a part of it. So I guess the public contributes in the creating process yeah i mean we kind of set the stage and then the public sort of writes the play yeah so they kind of bring in the language they bring in the energy and again we could do wash away your fears and telluride we can also do it in new york city and it's going to be a totally different experience for the public and what we see it's a real reflection of what's happening in that moment as well mm-hmm. and what do you think public art does for enhancing public spaces and kind of engaging communities in general? That's a big question. Yeah. So <laughs> I uh, know that I have, and I have a lot of opinions about it. So um, first of all, I think it's great to activate different spaces, you know, and I think about there are different activities that we can use as humans to activate, whether it's urban, rural, whatever the type of community or area it is, to activate it so people feel more engaged. I think people are naturally social. We're social animals. And so that it gives people an opportunity to participate in a way that maybe it's just on their own, writing their fear down or a to-do list or painting the color that they feel expresses who they are or reading and not participating, but reading what other people are sharing. 
and feeling that sense of community just by looking being like wow this person that just wrote that that I don't know they feel the same thing that I do and so that creates this immediate connection we hope in a community that can start local and go global and then wait the second part of your question was uh kind of enhancing public spaces I mean enhancing public spaces it just activates it gets people engaged in public spaces it gets people to go and and do things that maybe they wouldn't have done before you know instead of just walking down the sidewalk or walking down the street or passing something is that suddenly like oh what's this and they engage wow um, this is a completely different vein but you've spent a lot of time in elementary school classrooms mm-hmm. how do you think that education in the arts enriches kind of the way young people develop and and learn and are educated it's a great question so um, I think that I think the arts and schools are something that you know are sadly being cut mm-hmm. and that they can't be cut because in terms of looking at the way children learn and adults learn um, the arts can be a great way for someone instead of writing an essay that they could maybe create a storyboard and especially for young children so it gives people young people an opportunity to shine in a different way and makes them feel that they are intellectually because that's kind of really the focus in a lot of school activities are just as strong are just as powerful and have just as much to give so that's why when I'm teaching I always make sure that there's some sort of creative aspect to whatever those projects are. Um, If it is a five paragraph essay, well, there need to be pictures with that or something else where, you know, someone can feel that all their skills are being really valued. And how do you think your experience as an educator informs your personal work with illegal art? It's, It's about the interaction. You know, I've, I mean, I've dedicated a lot of my life to really just interacting with people and, and trying to create space and create experiences that, that encourage critical thinking and human connection and moments for self-reflection and thought. And so I think that being a teacher, and Michael's also an educator as well, um, that it, it helps me think about how people can engage. I mean, education is about engagement. And so public art, participatory public art is is the same way. It's about how can I think about different ways to get people to engage. And it's not only people who feel like the social bravado be like up on stage, but it's all different types of people from all walks of life. Um, All different linguistic backgrounds, all different backgrounds that there's a space for them to feel like they are part of something that is growing and bigger than themselves. Yeah. And these moments for critical thinking, have you ever had like a moment where you were blown away in engaging with the public, with your art? Like every time. Every time? Every time. I mean, there's, there are so many moments of engaging with the public over the past 20 plus years of doing participatory public art that have totally brought me to a different place myself you know, and thinking about things in a different way. And I think the public's incredible. I think that we are all different in such incredible ways and that participatory public art kind of illuminates those differences and gets people to see them in really a non-confrontational way. Mm -hmm. And I think especially in the world today, that's a real problem. So people are like, oh, you're different. Well, then we can't discuss. And when you participate in participatory public art, kind of shows it in a really peaceful way that people can engage and be more comfortable. Yeah, there's like a nuance to it, an openness to listening. Completely, and there's a challenge. You know, there's also a challenge for people to be like, hey, wow, I'm being challenged to engage in a certain way. Wow, thank you so much, Otis. Yeah, yeah. it's great to be here. I am so excited excited to see your work. Like, I can't even... That was artist Otis Kriegel talking about his work for the HaHa. Coming up, we have more information from curators as well as artist Molly Bloom, who should hopefully be in the studio as we speak.
you're, you're tuned in to KOTO's Off the Record about the AHA School for the Arts annual fundraiser, the HAHA, in the studio. Now we have Molly Snyder, a Dallas-based multidisciplinary artist who contributed to the HAHA. Molly, thank you so much for coming by. Thanks for having me. So can you tell me about your artistic journey and kind of how you came to practice in all these different mediums that you do? Well, I've recently learned that I definitely have ADHD, so I think that's <laughs> I think that's probably the reason it's multidisciplinary at this point. Um, I just thought that I couldn't hold focus, and you know, I was just interested in so many things, and you know, um, interested in everything and master of none. Um, but I think that a lot of it had to do with just not knowing that I had ADHD, and then slowly learning that that's why I've hyper fixated on all sorts of different mediums <laughs> but uh, yeah I've essentially been doing art my whole life uh, I went to art therapy as a child it, I'm pretty sure that it was just a you know the only artist classes that were available I still don't have an answer to that question if it I needed art therapy or if it was just art classes um, but yeah I've been doing pretty much doing art full-time since I graduated um, college. I went to the Maryland Institute College of Art, um, where again, I kind of slowly, I started in painting and drawing and then, um, you know, worked in photography quite a bit and then switched my major senior year to textile design and fiber art. So I've kind of been all over the place. Um, but yeah, I've pretty much been doing art my whole life. Wow. And do you have any themes or motifs that you can look back and recognize throughout your body of work? Yeah, essentially since probably right before college, a lot of my work was about the body. Um, I have a heart condition and I fully anticipated to go to college for sports. Um, and so my heart condition kind of flared up quite a bit my junior year, sophomore, junior year of high school. So the sports track kind of came to a complete stop. Um, and I, I was already doing art, so I just kind of kept going on that path. Um, and a lot of the works that I would make for um, different classes in high school, but also trying to get into college had to do with my seizures and my heart condition stuff. Um, and then I kind of just started doing work in college based on that theme without realizing it. Uh, I once told my roommate in college that I felt a little jealous that everybody had like a really, like, like a style, you know, where you could, I could see a work and know who made it with so many of my friends and I never felt that way with my work and my roommate sat me down and she was like look you do a lot of different things <laughs> but we always know that it's yours and a lot of it has to do with the body and I think you should own that and so I've essentially been making work about the body since I'm, I guess as long as I can remember but most of it now is about memory and experience um, just because with installs it's it's easiest for me to come up with concepts that match the work that I'm passionate about, which is in my body. Um, but a lot of the concepts that I read about and write about and, you know, things that I listen to on podcasts and stuff like that has to do with, um, you know, gender, race and identity. So, yeah. So what are you reading and what are you listening to to kind of inspire you? Um, well, for this work, I wasn't necessarily reading... Um, or listening to any podcasts in particular. Um, but I, I specifically like nonfiction um, to read just because it's easy to pop in and out. And I feel like oftentimes you can read multiple books at once without getting confused. Um, so yeah, uh, I did just pick up, I picked up To Die For, which is a book on, ironically, the textile industry. So I'm a little worried to start reading that, but I think it'll be good for me. So yeah. the textile industry is pr problematic. Am I correct about that? Oh yeah, like, With, like <laughs> the, the water usage yeah. and like yeah. waste and all of that. It's pretty awful, honestly. Like it's it's I I don't know if it's the number one pollutant in the world, but it's it's pretty dark. Yeah, it's pretty wasteful. I've I worked for a couple different textile companies, and you know I, I used to walk out the door with boxes full of yarn that was otherwise being thrown away and fabric and 
it's pretty devastating to see. Um, and I know a lot of people that work in fibers and textiles um, are interested in sustainability and all that. You know, it, it's just interesting, like the duality between working a job to work it and then pay your bills and then also like maybe not necessarily feeling like you're doing the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I really like to use recycled materials if I can, but a lot of the stuff that I've been doing lately is pretty acrylic. Um, so yeah. What do you mean by that, pretty acrylic? Like what is... Um, well, I got a pretty big yarn donation for a different install quite a while ago, and I still had a decent amount of material left. So for me, I just like to use whatever... I, I, try, to, I try to buy as little as possible when it comes to yarn and stuff but you know with with textiles you you have to um but i try to use like every little piece yeah um so yeah i, I like to use a lot of different pieces from in and out of old projects and uh the, actually the work that i have up at you know aha <laughs> is a piece of work that i made quite a while ago and i just kind of elevated it since i last showed it i think it was like october 2021 um, and it's taken on a different life, so. And this is kind of a different question, but how do you deal with periods of artistic uncertainty and kind of lack of inspiration? Uh, well, that's, that's a great question because I actually just got back from a six-week residency at the Line Hotel in Austin, um, and because I've been working a full-time job and doing my art pr artistic practice on the side for ever um <laughs> i've started to notice quite a lull in my studio practice yeah. because what's been happening lately is i've been chasing after the larger projects that actually have budgets versus just making rinky dink things and just having nothing to do with them and they just pile up in my house um so i've kind of been chasing that larger budget longer term project and with that you you submit a lot of pitch decks and proposals um and the creativity usually comes from the computer. Like, you just sit there and whip out a pitch deck, which is creative, yes, but it's also on the computer. Um, and then you work towards that goal, and then you install. And, and you lose a little bit of the freedom, even though it's your work. It still doesn't feel like you're making decisions. Like, you can pivot and change, and I've been doing a lot of pivoting since I've been here. Um, just based on the space and how things are looking, but there's still an end goal and it looks very similar to the pitch, right? And so with my residency, what I wanted to do with that is I proposed to make bad art. And, and that proposal was specifically so I could find my inspiration and creativity again. And it's not that I ever really lost it, it's just that everything has been so, you know, forcefully down one path each install that I do and Austin was a good opportunity for me to just like find ideas of things that I've forgotten about or it it really opened my mind up to things that I've wanted to do for a while and forgotten um, and then new projects of course so inspiration is it's never lacking it's just a matter of like how and where and when so it's mostly time that I lack mm -hmm. So what did this end up looking like, this bad art? Um, well, it was interesting because, like, I think as artists, it's really, it's a near impossible task, right? Because you sit down and you work, and then you're like, oh, this is going to be really good, actually. And then you don't allow yourself to make bad art. So <laughs> I did my best to <laughs> make as much as possible and just, like, go with the flow. Um, and I was doing certain things every single day, and that's kind of what allowed me to make the bad art. And it, it ended up looking pretty cool. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of things that didn't go as planned, and that's kind of disappointing, but like, I also have to embrace that they didn't go as planned because I shouldn't have planned it that much in the first place. So, you know, yeah, it's yeah. all right. I don't know if I'll do anything with it, but <laughs> it allowed for inspiration. It allowed for me to come here and, like have a direction and feel a freedom in that even though I already had like an idea so how do you know when a piece is finished I, I don't really think you do I, I always <laughs> thought 
I always thought I couldn't really be a painter because I, I would do paintings and I would never know when they were done. Um, but then I realized that that train of thought kind of followed me throughout all the mediums that I've used. And what's interesting is when I came into the space, it I knew it was a big space, but it felt a lot bigger than I anticipated because I was in such a small space in Austin. So it was a lot bigger than I anticipated. Um, and so I guess it was just interesting having to pivot so much. I, I It was nice. Like, I just talked all this talk about wanting to have a little bit more freedom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that it definitely pulling up to the space and seeing it and then looking at my materials and seeing, you know, the space compared to what I have. And in a way, I feel like sometimes when you're restricted, you can create your best work. And then it's easier to know when things are finished because you run out of materials. Mm. Um, and so that's kind of the joy of being here is I had to make very specific decisions and bring what I could. And then everything else is just gonna have to be, I guess, figured out along the way. Um, and so for me, the end, I mean, I could have been done yesterday, I think, you know what I mean? Like, but I kept going and I think it's turned into something different than I expected. And so I think you can either choose to stop and it can look really cool, or you can choose to keep going and it can also re look really cool. I think it's really subjective. Yeah. Do you have ever have a fear of like overworking the oh space? I overwork <laughs> like that's my middle maybe, name I overwork I maybe overwork. there's no overworking <laughs> for this type of thing like, more yeah. is more in more our book yeah. yeah I think it just depends like I'm really learning how to not overwork and with a lot of my installs I've been given a lot of freedom and so it's easy to overwork because you're just so excited um, but what I've started to learn is you know, I can, I don't overwork as much because I've started to learn a little bit more on how to be a little bit more frugal so that I'm not spending an entire budget on materials. Because the problem with that is then you're spending hours and hours and hours working and you're just like, none of that is compensated. So I've started to learn that less is more and then it's also okay if it's not, you know, every wall, every ceiling, the whole floor. Um, obviously that's great, but it has to be strategic. So a stopping point is usually strategic for me now. Yeah, yeah. And are you doing all of the installation of the installation, like putting it together, putting it on the space? Is it just you? So my partner came and helped a little bit, and then I had some helpers today, which was really nice, some of the students. They were really fun. Um, I don't normally find myself hanging around students too often. Um, I did a uh, part-time gig teaching artivism to underprivileged youth in South Dallas, and that was kind of my first real experience with kids that weren't my cousins <laughs> or like my friend's children. Um, and then I got to spend some time with three teens today, and, you know, we listened to Billie Eilish, which I'm familiar with, but it's not something that I normally put on. Um, and then I, it was the Billie Eilish radio, and I was, I was actually singing, because there was a bunch of different songs that I knew, and so I, I kind of felt like, you know, maybe I could hang out with, you know, kids a little more and, and be influenced by their, their interests and their craft and you know, the way that they were putting the material together, I was learning, you know, like I wouldn't have done it that way, but that way is actually probably faster. Um, and so it's, it's always interesting working with, with different people on installations, um, especially the youth, because I just feel like they have a lot, you know, a lot less anxiety, <laughs> a lot less fear, and they kind of just make to make. And it's, it's speaking of not overworking things, I, I don't think the youth does that too much. So, yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of, like, whimsy to your work, mm -hmm. um, which I guess comes from the textile, and I see a lot of texture in what you make. Do you think that comes from your fashion background? Um, I really just, I like a lot of pattern, and I, I definitely am just a maximalist. I think, I think my style comes from 
living in a very minimalist, like my home, my childhood home was very clean and like almost farmhouse style, like Joanna Gaines style, oh, but like no. minimal, but like even more minimal, you Ooh. know, like, like, um, you take your shoes off and my mom was following me with the shoes. Like <laughs> you forgot this. It's like, yeah, like, can I just leave this here? You know? Um, so my, I think my style comes a lot from like trying to, you know, out like, I don't know. I just lived in that for 18 years and I don't think that it was ever really me. I wanted hot pink walls and a black ceiling and, you know, I, I just wanted bright colors all the time. Yeah. Um, and so I think a lot of that comes from maybe not having that and then slowly learning that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just really like texture on texture and pattern on pattern and I don't know if it necessarily comes from uh, my background in fashion um, or just my background in being a rug designer and learning about all the things that you could do and yet we don't do because you have to make things sellable so it also very much could be the lack of experimentation in my six seven year career as a rug designer wow and just kind of like I guess being (laughs) anti-simple being (laughs) anti-sellable but yeah wow so I'm so excited to see your work this is Molly Snyder talking about her work for the HaHa. You're tuned in to KOTO's Off the Record. Coming up next, we have some music, and then we'll bring in our next guest. This is your chance to chime in. If you have any questions, give us a call at 970-728-4333.
You're tuned in to KOTO's Off the Record about the AHA School for the Arts annual fundraiser, the HAHA. In the studio now, we have Alex Ferrari and Brandon Burkle, local artists from Telluride. Alex and Brandon, thank you so much for coming by. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. So, how did this partnership come to be? Ooh, um, well, uh, I met Alex about uh, three years ago or so. Yeah, 2019. Yeah, and, uh, He's just a super rad photographer, and I, he was out here, and I basically hit him up, and I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah uh, I, I was uh, visiting uh, a few years ago, and I saw Brandon's artwork at their bar, where, and I was like, oh, this guy's rad. I got to follow him. And so I uh, was following him and just kind of became pals over Instagram, and then... Um, convinced him to move to nashville for a little bit mm-hmm. and then and then he's like no this isn't it and then he convinced me to move out here and he's like man if you move out here i got this project you gotta work on he's like it's this big mural i don't you know i don't know how we're gonna do it and uh that's kind of the beginnings of this project and how we kind of met and you know started collaborating so where can listeners find this mural yeah Ooh. uh you can find it at the haha this weekend it's going to be 17 foot long, 8 foot tall, interactive magnetic collage mural. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be super dope. It's really cool. I'm excited because uh, it's just really f- cool to debut some work in Telluride. This is my first show in Telluride, and so to debut it in Telluride with a Telluride artist like Brandon, who, you know, I was already automatically drawn to his work so early. Um, so to be able to collaborate with him on that is really cool. And so I think it's like the perfect mesh of like we're going big with both of our works, but it's a really cool interactive way to, you know, kind of be a part of the, how his style comes to be and then also. So, like, it's a really cool photo for the backdrop, and I'm really stoked about it. So, uh, I think it's just perfect. And, and to debut it at HaHa with, um, with AHA is, is really awesome, and um, really excited to be a part of the event. So, what do you love so much about Brandon's work? It's just it's just out of the box, you know. Like I mean, I know one of his one of his signature pieces is Turtle Bird, and you know, like you know, seeing uh, beautiful, you know, everybody takes really beautiful landscapes. There's a lot of beautiful landscape photographers and artists out there, and um, to you know take it and and give it a little you know turn it upside down and and put a turtle that has wings flying over this beautiful mountainscape with a you know a tv in the middle of a beautiful dandelion field like there's just something about it that has a lot of depth to it that i really was drawn to at first i was like oh yeah this is really different and fresh and really cool to like just see somebody looking at this beautiful landscape around us but seeing it in a little bit of a different way and, and bringing in some different elements to that and i like that playfulness of it Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, yeah. or Brandon, what do you like about Alex's work? Well, Alex is a... Oh, sorry. I need to get closer. Uh, Alex, is he's been doing... Uh, he's a... Uh, you've been doing photography for, like, uh, musicians and stuff. Uh, and... But what I've been attracted to his, his stuff is, like, he has the eye for, like he know well it's more of like our connection when we were talking and stuff and hanging out like we have an understanding of like just how we see the world and everything like that but he sees the world through his camera and that's and him and I kind of speak the same language uh with our imaginations and whatnot so by me kind of just like talk being able to talk creatively with him he just understands how like i see things i understand how he sees things but he knows how to capture it in like his in his own unique style and way and also like super high def because he's got really good equipment so <laughs> that's like instead of doing through your phone and stuff it's like it's it's something that i've never i've never been able to experience so uh, I had the idea of with our mural being like I, well, I had no idea how to do this mural without someone like someone like Alex. Like I, I know, I'm, yeah. So basically, I talked to him about it, and he's just like, absolutely, let's let's see if we can do it. So he's been spending the past. I don't know, four four months or so, just yeah, collecting collecting shots and stuff, and then we've been just going through all of all of, like 
3,000 photos or more, just like going through all of our favorite little pieces of every little photo and then just collaging that into one epic Main Street uh Main Street piece, so it'll be like I th- it's the best uh, Main Street shot I've ever seen because it's like <laughs> it's like all the seasons. It's 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 beautiful. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah, the reaction we get the most is is that a real photo? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's cool. You know, and it's like uh, it's cool to bend that a little bit and and you know do that with my photography, but then also add his layering on top of that, and it's just like I think it's the perfect mesh of what we both do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has the amount of photos that this guy has is like so instead of like going through magazines and whatnot I'm just like yo I need like a street and he's like I got a street <laughs> I'm like yeah, really. I need a brown, I need a dirt road and he's like I got the dirt road I need a cherry blossom he's like I got it and it's like and it's just like we can like, we can blow it up to the size of a house if we want to yeah. so it's been like it's been a really fun experience just him and I just like going just 50-50 into this whole project and just like getting it done so it's been it's it's awesome it's it's exactly what my art needed i think i needed to work with someone and be able to experience the whole the whole step by step with someone instead of just by myself just talking yeah. talking inside my head like i can talk out loud and he it's it's been it's been great and have you ever done a work to this scale before no no this it's been a whole learning completely learning experience like every single day is like curveballs and just like all these different all these different obstacles that were just crushing <laughs> oh, no. no no we're crushing it as oh, oh, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah we're getting through it <laughs> it's not crushing yeah, it's you not, you're no. crushing no. it oh we're crushing okay. it yeah. yeah no it's been, <laughs> yeah we're pushing it right out of the way and just yeah. keep on plowing through yeah. so it's been it's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun weekend it's gonna I can't be awesome. wait i can't yeah. wait alex what kind of camera do you have uh, well, I have uh, many different cameras, but for this project, I was using the Canon 5DS, which is just like a you know big megapixel camera and all that. But um, we're doing I was doing a lot of like photo stacking for this one too to really like make it high definition for such a big print. Um, and so just doing like you know one photo of you know the say like just like the left side of Main Street is probably like a compilation of like 600 photos to kind of really give it that. Uh, a, just give it like the depth of field so you can see everything clearly and give it that sharpness on it. So, pretty stoked with how it's turned out. I and mean, as a as an artist, you're always kind of critiquing your work. And like, I did go buy another camera that's like better for bigger <laughs> pictures too. Like, so next time around it'll be even better. But um, but I'm really stoked with it. And we've been working um, with Lawrence down at Happy Prince, and he's been really helping me like dial it in on like how to get the best of all the photos and stuff like that. So it's been a big learning curve for me because. You know, I've done like large scale work, but it's mostly mostly on like LED billboards and stuff like that. So, you know, you don't really need to worry about DPI and you know uh, how it's going to look when it's printed with the ink and all that. It's like LED translates pretty pretty nicely. So doing a print was like a new experience for me, and like doing it this large was like definitely new as well. Um, and it's been a cool learning experience for sure. What are you printing on? Uh, we're printing on like a uh, it's like a it's like a uh, photo it's like a photo vinyl that has like an adhesive on it. So um, Brandon he came with the idea because the the pieces uh, pieces interactive. So all the pieces are magnetic. So we have uh, six metal panels that are like 33 inches wide by 96 inches tall, and they all go together. And then we have this adhesive um, photo paper that we print out on. So each of the six panels has two photo panels on it and then we, we just tear it off and then stick it on the back and it's it's beautiful yeah mm-hmm. really happy with the quality of it yeah. it's a Dada surrealist wonderscape oh my god it's so cool <laughs> oh, yeah. oh we have a collar yeah. oh collar yeah. oh sweet we have a collar coming up Hey. I didn't mean to call during this time. I'm sorry. <laughs> so well, sorry. You're live on Kodo. Thanks so much Good for to calling. Hear from you. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was an experience. Yeah. <laughs> How sweet. That was beautiful. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to my grandpa because I went during off season I went back to St. Louis and I 
this was like the first step into like really setting the fire to this project and my grandfather's a sheet metal worker and we have a sheet metal business back in St. Louis and I basically just like told him exi- like what we're doing and I had no idea how to do make a make a a metal mural basically and he's just like let's do panels blah 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 so he he's like 85 years no, that's rude. He's like 78. Uh, <laughs> I think that's he's 78 rude. or so. But no, he's just like he's just like this origamiist with sheet metal. It's so crazy. So he cranked out these massive sheet uh, these sheet metal panels for me, and they all lock in and they're just completely perfectly flat. Everything is like I couldn't have done. If he wouldn't have done that, I don't know where we would be on this project. So I want to give him a little shout out to him. Thanks, Grandpa. So, yeah, I think yeah. my Thank grandma, grandma are listening on the. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's that's the coolest thing about this piece too. I think it's been a huge collaboration with everybody. You know, uh, you know Brandon's grandfather, but also everybody in the community at Aha. Everybody's really been involved in doing it. You know, some of the interactive pieces are coming from you know local artists as well, and pieces from Aha and stuff like that. So it's like it's been cool to like have a bunch of people involved, even people helping helping us cut out the pieces and stuff like that. It's mm. like it's been a big lift, and we couldn't have done it without all the help that we've had. So yeah, big shout out to everybody that's helping too yeah. so it's just cool interactive piece has been interactively created by the community for the community like you can't beat it mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you guys navigate sort of your artistic vision um and like decision making creative decision making just time i think if any project i've had personally is just like you just keep going until the time that the buzzer's up and so you know i spent a lot of mornings and afternoons coming down and shooting main street just to get the right lighting and all of that and we'd look at it and be like okay we're done and then you know and then it would snow and we'd be like oh no like we got to get that snow it's going to be so good and then the snow melted and everything was green it's like oh we got to get more green in there and so it just kind of kept evolving and going and i think you know with a piece that's kind of a uh revolves around the downtown setting it's just we kind of let the setting whatever was happening kind of you know dictate when and where we were going to do it and just captured it and then went back afterwards and decided this is this is a really special part of this and this is really special um so i think it's just kind of like you know yeah the time the buzzer kind of coming up and then you know process of elimination really and then um yeah just kind of looking at it spending a lot of time with it and just really feeling like oh yeah this really brings it all together yeah exactly yeah. what yeah. he said i mean it was that i do think like with alex doing all the hunt like the hunting of the all the imagery and stuff it was like one of my favorite parts of this whole project has been just like staring at the mountains being like what time is it six o'clock this is when the sun is just like beaming right now this is nice like so yeah. it's just like i did we we did grow a really good appreciation for like I mean, yeah, we, we always really have appreciation for it. downtown, but for it's sure. like, we're just like... Yeah, Brandon yeah. lives downtown, I live out on the valley floor, so I'd like, get texts and be like, dude, it's going off, it's going <laughs> off, and like, grab my camera and get in the car, and I'd run down and like, get the photo, and yeah, so it was just, yeah, it was cool to be in tune with it and just really pay attention, especially a lot of it was shot in off-season, so just to have that um, space, you know, without a lot of people around is really special, too, and to like, really appreciate it, it was mm-hmm. really awesome. Yeah. Could you guys see yourselves doing another big scale work oh, yeah. like this in the future? For sure. This definitely has lit a fire in terms of like, oh, like we could we could do this, you know, and um, you know, we've already started looking at like where could where could we do more of this and you know, thinking about like this is really special and I think it's really cool to do something for a community and so how could we take that and do that for other communities too and travel around and do that. So it's something that we've talked about, you know, you never know where the roads are gonna lead you and if it'll happen, but I think that's something that like would be really enjoyable and to do it in collaboration with him would be really fun to like each have our own thing but then have this mural as our as our thing just kind of go around and and do it for other communities yep yep yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so yeah this dude's for crushing sure. it over here <laughs> it's just like saying everything that i probably can't say no yeah no i i will like when we're while we're uh, more it's more of like when we're when we were uh, getting closer to the end of our of the design and stuff and we put in a piece and then all of a sudden like we would 
we would set it into where its place would where it would be and then we just get the giggles and stuff <laughs> we're like yes! yes so it's like and then as as like this piece has uh, been just becoming coming to an end we've just been i mean we've been spending a crazy amount of time together but we're constantly we've just been constantly talking about like what are we going to do next? Yeah. Like, we're just like, this is, I mean, it's been super fun. It's like, we're like writing songs, basically. We're just like, we're a little, like a, two, a duo band. We're just like, what's, when's our next album drop? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're definitely like, yeah, I, I think we're really excited to get it out and show the community because we've been living with it for so long and we have a very strong attachment to it. But it's like, I'm like, okay, let's get it out. Let's get it out. You know, and we definitely have been thinking about what we could do after that. So it'll be really nice to, to show everybody what we've been working on and, and hopefully see them fall in love with it the way that we are and, and kind of move on from that <laughs> yeah and I'm super pumped to just play with it yeah. like cause we got like a hundred different like magnets that are like huge and like we haven't uh, we're we haven't put the it's not finished being installed so once it is installed I'm gonna be like trying to just I'm gonna be hanging with everyone yeah. this weekend just like literally putting them around like this biggest collage ever yeah it's, it's gonna, gonna be so cool yeah <laughs> yeah it'll be fun to like see it evolve too over the weekend and how everybody sees it differently and where they put all the pieces it's gonna be really fun and I think uh, that's you know something it's like usually you finish a piece and it's done and it's over and that's the way it is and it's set so to have a few days to play with it and and just to see it constantly evolve over the weekend I'm really excited like I've already been thinking about like I gotta get pictures of everybody like doing it and just like put them all together and just watch it evolve you know so maybe we'll do like a cool time lapse or something yeah yeah we'll see yeah y'all are really amping up my like <laughs> excitement yeah. for this the anticipation yeah. i be cannot so cool. wait yeah you're gonna it's be gonna giggling be so you're gonna be ha ha and all i'm gonna day, be ha all over the place yeah. so many giggles <laughs> aha and all weekend so for listeners who want to have a little giggle at the ahas haha how can we get tickets for this so, listeners, please buy your tickets now. Time slots are selling out. Uh, so our event is happening on Friday nights from 5 until 12, uh, Saturday from 5.30 until 12, and Sunday for kids and their parents accompanied from 10 to 2. Um, all you have to do is go to aha.org, A-H-H-A-A.org, and buy your tickets. Is there anything we didn't cover that you want people to know about this event? It's going to be freaking fantastic. So Please cool. show up and have a great time with us. This is built for you, and we're so excited just to have the community supporting AHA. This is our fundraiser, and your tickets help us in our mission um, daily at AHA and being the oldest community art school. We've also made ways to donate fun and rewarding, which is for both AHA and for the people who are donating. So I will not tell you any secrets, but there's some really exciting new things. You gotta show up to find out. Come to the HaHa. This was Off the Record. I am Grace Richards. Thank you so much for listening to 91.7, 89.3, 105.3, 100.3, and KOTO.org. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Oh, you, you.